Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Minor Touches to Major Impact podcast for nonprofits. This is David Oaks here. You're tuned in to Season 3, Episode 27. And today we're going to talk about how for fundraisers, Christmas starts in July. Christmas starts in July. I'm glad you tuned in today. I remember as a pastor beginning to realize the power of fundraising at the end of the year. The beginning of November, we could be six digits behind in our budget, but by December 31, we could easily be six digits ahead. It happened year after year, and we, when we caught on to the end of the year power for fundraising, we began to harness it to fund some really amazing and fantastic projects. Now, I'm sure you've noticed that it's at the end of the year that giving seems to be increased. It's just a time to give. It's always a joy for me to help my students and my clients get money that they weren't counting on at the end of the year. Most of my students receive a lot of money that they never expected. Still, sometimes I'll have some clients or some students that do very poorly. I want to say almost always poor performance in end-of-the-year fundraising is preceded by a lack of preparation. So it's not too early for me to ask here in July, are you ready to maximize your end of year fundraising preparation? Now, here's a gold nugget that if you'll grab this from me here in July and begin to listen to me and act on what I'm telling you, then the end of the year can be so, so much better for you. What is it about the end of the year? So let's go over the big picture here. Did you know that 50% of of nonprofits receive the majority of the money that they get in the last three months of the year? The average amount of money donated to nonprofits in November and December each year, uh, close to 50% billion with a B dollars. First time gifts made by donors in December. If you can get someone to give for the first time, their gifts are on the average 52% larger than those that you manage to get at any other time of the year. You know that December giving accounts for nearly a third of all the annual giving that happens that year. And you know that a lot of nonprofits get all that money, really the majority of it, in the last three days of the year. Wow. That's amazing. And you know, one of the most popular mediums for making end-of-the-year giving happen is old-fashioned printed snail mail. So listen to me when I tell you the most lucrative season for fundraising is at the end of the year. I cannot tell you how many of my students come latch on to what I'm saying in the fall and they work hard. And then at the end of the year, some of them have gotten 
as much as 100% of their entire next year's budget by the first week of January. It's happened over and over. Some get half when they've never done anything. Some have gotten hundreds of thousands of dollars that they've never received at the end of the year. And now it's just become a habit. They they work from January on. And of course, they knock it out of the park starting in July. And then when December, November and December come, when the last three days of the year come, their bank accounts are just getting packed full of money. Now, here's the truth that you should understand. Most nonprofits do not plan for the most lucrative time of the year until it's too late. I had a client contact me early in the year and I talked to them about the end of the year and the most lucrative time and raking it in and they just got so excited. But they, I didn't hear from them again until November. In November, they said, come on in here. We're going to pay you for a whole month to just help us to rake it in. Well, I have to tell you, for that client, it was, it was, I, We didn't rake it in. I said, I will help you. We'll do our best. But to be honest, you've squandered all your preparation time and you can't hire me here at the last minute to swoop in and get just just meet your budget here at the end of the year and be sitting on a pile of cash by the first week of January. It it it's just it doesn't happen most nonprofits most missionaries don't plan for the most lucrative time of the year until it's too late the most significant part of the plan involves you adhering to this fundraising rhythm an excellent fundraising rhythm involves asking thanking and reporting a great fundraising plan involves the rhythm, this back and forth. You ask, you acknowledge, you thank, you report, and then you come back and ask. You ask for money, then you acknowledge, and then you thank. And in this reporting phase of the rhythm, you tell great stories. Never, never, never start your rhythm with asking. You always start with reporting. And reporting involves telling stories. This is where fundraisers miss it. This is where nonprofits miss it. We're missionaries. We're churches. Oh my gosh, miss it so just horribly. They start with this rhythm by asking when they should have started with reporting. So now, listen to me. December is coming. The most lucrative time of the year for nonprofit fundraising is coming in December. In December, we will ask for money and we will be overwhelmed with the amount of money that comes in. But listen to me. If you started in December by asking for money when you didn't spend July and August and September and October and November telling stories and being thankful, then what happens at the end of the year year when you ask? It just doesn't come in. Asking for money 
when you haven't done excellent storytelling beforehand is it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Can I mention something to you? I wrote about it a long time ago. I need to write about it again, and maybe I will if I have the time. But do you understand what it means to salt the jar? You walk into your favorite bar or your coffee shop, and you see a big tip jar on the counter. I just was in my coffee shop, and I saw a big tip jar there. There were some ones in it, but I'm telling you, prominent up to the side that was facing me was a big $20 bill. It's a big jar with the handwritten message tips. It's a see-through glass jar. And it has money in it. And no matter when you go to your bar or your coffee shop, (laughs) you'll begin to notice that the tips jar, it's never empty. Now, trust me when I tell you, this is a significant observation. If your bartender or your barista is smart, they will never let you see that jar empty. And what's inside that jar, pennies, nickels, dimes, or dollar bills, It's extremely vital. What's up with that? Your bartender, your barista knows something that you as a fundraiser, you may not know. And it has to do with what they call salting the jar. Here's what they do. Before you arrive, before anyone's had the opportunity to leave them a tip, they'll put their own money inside the jar. They're well aware of the effect that it will have on you. When you see the jar and it's empty, they know that it tells you something. It tells you that tipping is not something that people do here, and you're less likely to leave a tip. However, when you see that the jar is half filled with money, you're more likely to leave a tip. So here's what your bartender or your barista do does before you get there, before you arrive they will put their own money in the jar. (laughs) And it won't just be ones. It'll be fives, tens, and twenties. They might even stick a 50. It's possible. Your bartender or your barista will never let you see an empty tip jar. You see, that tip jar filled with tens, fives, twenties, it speaks to you. What does it say? It's the tip jar speaks to you and it tells you that other people just like you left tips. Why does that matter? Because seeing what other people who are like you do compels you to do the same. Social psychologists and marketers who are savvy and savvy fundraisers have a, a, a term for this. They understand it as social proof. Write that down. Social proof. As a fundraiser, you should be an expert when it comes to social proof. We tend to do what we see other people who are like us do. It's a question we all ask ourselves frequently. What do other people like me do this do in this situation? As humans determining proper behavior by looking at others, it's hard wires into us. It's why TV sitcoms. Social proof is why TV sitcoms of yesteryear have laugh tracks. 
They're telling you, telling you that you should think this is funny and you should laugh. Oh, oh, other people are laughing. I should laugh. It's why when you buy on Amazon, you buy something after you read the product reviews. It's why PBS on their telethons will always have a telephone bank of very busy people behind you, behind the speaker, answering phones in the background. They're telling you that people just like you are calling in and you should do the same. It's why when you go to your travel website, a little plug pops up and it tells you that 10 people just booked that same hotel room. It's why great websites show happy customers consuming their product or service right on the landing pane. Social proof is the tool we use to give others the gift of going second. Now, how do we use that in fundraising? Here's how we do it. We tell stories of people who have already given. Telling stories of others who support our mission, it's social proof. We call it donor stories. When you tell stories of people who give monthly, you're telling potential donors that giving monthly is what they should do. You're saucing the jar. You're giving potential donors the gift of going second. What happens when you tell stories about people who volunteer at your organization? You're telling potential volunteers that volunteering at your organization is what they should do. You're salting the jar, you savvy fundraiser. You're giving volunteers the gift of going second. What about when you tell stories of people who leave legacy gifts to your mission? You're telling people they should leave legacy gifts to your mission. You're salting the jar by telling that story. Wow. You see, story, it's the currency of history and telling stories about donors who give to your nonprofit is something you should be doing in July. It's something you should do liberally in August in September and in October and in November, and it sets you up for asking for money in December. If you wait till December to ask for money, you hear me and you hear other people say, December is the most lucrative time for getting money, and you get out there and you ask for money, it'll, you'll fall flat on your face because... In January, you didn't tell stories. In April, you didn't tell stories. In October, you didn't tell stories. You should be telling beneficiary stories or constituent stories. You should be telling stories about your volunteers um, working with you. You should be telling stories about your donors and how the values that they give to when they give to you and your organization. You should be telling stories about donors who left you, left a gift to you in their estate. Nothing, nothing has the power to propel the urgency of your mission more than telling the right stories at the right time. Nothing inspires action for the greater good more than great stories. You you salt the jar when you tell the right stories 
at the right time. But I'm telling you, good fundraising in Christmas, good fundraising at the end of the year, it starts in July. Listen to me if you've ever listened to me. Great fundraising for good fundraisers who understand about the most lucrative time of the year. Great fundraisers understand this process starts in July. All right, that's my show for today. I wanted to jump on and just challenge you. Don't grow weary and well-doing, for in due time you shall reap. If you start, have a plan for telling your stories in July, in August, in September, and in October. You don't have to be doing your fundraisers alone, your fundraising alone. You can join us in our minor touches to major impact fundraising accelerator. Click the link in the show notes. Check it out. You can get it in now at a price that I think is pretty amazing. I should tell you that. I'm writing my book, and as soon as my book comes out, the price my business coaches are telling me, David, for what you offer, you're charging too little. So get in on a good price now. Get involved in our accelerator now in July and come December, you could get, you could, it's possible. Some of my students have done it. You could get your whole year's budget sitting in your bank account, the cash already there by January 1. Okay, let me let you go. I'll send you away affirmed. Always remember, we are proud nonprofit leaders on a mission to create a changed world. We are not begging. Nope, no way we're not pleading. Never. We are merely inviting humanity to partner with providence, with history, to see injustice become justice, to see wrongs become righted, and to leave the world we found in a better place. So until next time, this is David Oaks reminding you, it's always the minor touches done over time that lead to the major impact. So long. So long.